You're listening to Paint the Town podcast with your hosts, LA Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of LA Street Art Gallery, James Chen of. got back from Shanghai. No, 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 no. You just got, I just back, got from, back from Shanghai. You just got back from South Korea. Well, I, I got back from Shanghai a few days ago and I've acclimated <clears throat> pretty much fully well, now at this point. I went back to Shanghai after South Korea too, man. Actually, what? Yeah, I had to go to a wedding real quick. But anyways... Real quick? Yeah, just real quick, man. You know me, man. I'm like globetrotting all the time, man. I'm actually... Mr. Sky Miles. I'm... St- yeah. <laughs> Delta. This is, anyways. Um... <laughs> I just got back. I'm still on Shanghai time right now. Yesterday, I actually fell asleep until like 4 p.m. So I, I, I was about waking up like right now. You, Dude, you know that's, what I mean? that's the biggest time difference I've ever come close to. <laughs> I mean, we did we did uh, Germany back in March, and we did Amsterdam. That's about yeah. nine hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is... That's a little bit of a, you know, stretch. But, dude, 16 hours. Well, we actually... You know, when you left... You actually come back to LA like earlier than the time. No, you I know. Left, I, right? I flew in the same day I left. Yeah, so it's like weird. You kind of like time travel a little bit. You, you know what I mean? If you think about it that way. Dude, my my sleeping <clears throat> the whole time I was over there, I didn't sleep for more than two hours at a time. Mm. And then once I got back, same thing. Until I just finally one day, I think I slept for twelve hours straight. You gotta get get that melatonin the Flex was having, man. He was passing those out like it was candy. I did. Man. I did, dude. <laughs> I had the melatonin. It didn't help much. Well, real quick, I just want to cap, uh, recap real quick before we uh, get to our guest today. But, um, man, wasn't it when you came back, like, oh, my God, freedom, Internet, man. Jesus Christ, <laughs> in China. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah, that's... Yeah. I, I bought a virtual um, network. VPN. VPN. We taught you what that is last time, right? <laughs> and it worked one time at the airport. Yeah. And it didn't work again. Yeah. Now, when I got back, I got an email from these people. And they're like, hey, you know, we got this, you know, yearly subscription, this, that, and the other going on. <laughs> and I wrote, no, thank you. And I was like, and I want a refund because this ruined my experience when I was in Shanghai. I was there for five days, this, that, and the other. And sure enough, to their credit, ExpressVPN did refund my money. Because they, they knew they fucked up already, man. You, you know? <laughs> well, what happens is they, they've gotten it to where they can hack everything. And as soon as they figure out what your your device and you're starting to hack from into your virtual private network, they figure it out and then they shut it down. You know, yeah, exactly. So when I actually, what, I use the same ExpressVPN too. And then when I went to China, it wasn't working, right? And then when I went to South Korea, we actually got like different VPNs. So when I went back, it was working again, you know what I mean? Anyways, if you didn't know, China's <laughs> internet, China's internet sucks. Uh, they have, you know, they control a lot of things. But anyways, you hear that? You know, beautiful laugh in the background. Let's introduce our guest, actually, real quick. Oh, dude, I am stoked to have this young lady here today. I want her to join our conversation, actually. We are, first of all, I'd like to thank our special team we have in here today that's kind of saved us. Um, (laughs) We are usually normally on top of it when it comes to having our equipment and everything. But, um, you know, James still suffering from the... Yeah, I I like straight up did all the mic checks and then I left my, uh, all the mics on the kitchen counter, so... We have a great team of helpers, man, that actually brought some backup mics and they're taking some pictures for us. So we're at a new location, uh, the Container Yard. We want to give a shout out to them. If you haven't been here for a while, they've actually put in a Montana shop in here. And then uh, there's like a, I don't know, plant, like, fuse, I don't know, what is that called? Uh, a diffuser store. Yeah, uh, oh, that was a plant here. store. There's no, this is like a multi-use situation here with all the different businesses. But yeah, we want to give a shout out to Container Yard. But anyways, our guest. Our guest, <laughs> S.C. Merrow, um, also known as Sarah, or Sarah, also known as S.C. Merrow. Uh, thanks for coming down to the Container Yard. Thank you so much for having me, teacher. Welcome, James. welcome. Where uh, where are you based, what area are you based in? I'm actually based in downtown. My studio's right off of 4th and Wall Street, so. Oh, I'm sorry for the long commute. Yeah, it took me a whole <laughs> 10 minutes to walk here. Oh, nice, I love that she walked. Yeah, she yeah, walked walk. here. You know, I love it that she's actually based out in like, well, on her, on her Instagram, I see that she says, down in LA and Skid Row, because we got a big problem right now uh, with uh, homeless people in Skid Row that hopefully we can touch on a little bit about. But I think in your art, you actually uh, go into it. So, um, 
you know, uh, teach. Do you have any questions you want to ask her about? Dude, her I've got like millions of questions I'd like <laughs> to ask her. Um, first, where, where are you from? Um, I'm actually from Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Minnesota. When did, wait a second. When did you when did you get to LA? I came to LA because I went to school at USC. Oh. So I just stayed afterwards. That was going to be another okay. question. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I, when did you come to USC? Uh, that was about ten years ago. Okay. Oh. Okay. Cool. Okay. So now we're in we're in Minnesota. I'm from Stillwater, so that's a suburb of of the Twin Cities of St. Paul. Okay. And, and then what's the temperature there now? Oh man, I think they just got a blizzard on Thanksgiving, so it's got to be in the 30s, I would think. Dude, I've heard 30. it's gotten with wind chill like it's like negative like 30 before. Oh sometimes. yeah, like, yeah, it can be for sure. That's great. You know, you don't miss that. I have a friend. She used to work for a designer for Target, and they, she told me that you guys don't actually even walk outside during that period of time. You guys walk through like little hamster holes. I'm oh really? Well, I mean, I'm from to go from building to yeah, building. Yeah, there are. There like, definitely are little like yeah, definitely tunnels and whatnot to get from tunnels, place to place. Man. But I mean, even just the walk from your car to the grocery store is like crazy when when the wind chills. Well, when like it gets that. down to like what is it below twenty or something like that, you can was it hypothermia in a certain amount of time? Jeez. Yeah. I mean, you must be living in Southern California right now. Then this is like oh yeah, this is so. Wait, you grew up your whole life. You were in, in, in yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Nineteen years of it. Yep, for sure. <laughs> and it's funny because every time it happens, every year, my mom will call me and just be like, "Oh, you're not gonna believe how cold it is." It's like, of course I can believe how cold it is. They're always in shock, but every year it's the same thing. So okay, so yeah. what did you come out to USC to study? I, mean, I actually studied journalism and okay. philosophy, so not nice. art. You know what? I mean. To be honest, I'm like uh, not surprised because there's a lot of depth going on inside your your art, actually. You know, conceptual I mean, stuff. Exa- yeah. Exactly, yeah, ex- excellent exactly. conceptual stuff. I mean, normally this Thank is a street you. art podcast. I don't even know if you consider yourself a street artist. Yes, dude, their I stuff mean, is on the street. It's outside. Street. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we well, may consider you a street artist, but I mean, are you just doing? Is well, it like I mean, a- I honestly at first I didn't really think of myself as one, just because traditionally I suppose street art really kind of falls under the umbrella of murals paste, stickers, stencils, sure. stuff like that, and um, I don't do a lot of that, but um, I guess, yeah, because it's on the street, it definitely falls she, under that umbrella. She's so. getting up, I mean, there's, uh, let's just kind of, I just want to kind of go over, what would you consider, are these like sculptures to you, uh, like, uh, what would you consider, you know, I see it, they're 3D art, yeah. Yeah, definitely three-dimensional, and I like to almost say four-dimensional art, mm. because it's sort of removing the fourth wall in the terms of its contextual nice, like art. That. And it's it's more almost in line with augmented reality in the sense that you're placing something in the surrounding that we all share. So um, you're kind of going into the world that, and you're putting layers on top of it, if yeah, that makes any absolutely. sense. Absolutely. Well, you, I see that here that you consider yourself underworld art. Can you explain what you mean a little bit uh, about well, that? Well, I guess that would just be another another phrase for, for underground art. Okay, but, yeah. Um, like underworld that. is just a, you know, that's a, a term that's used in, in ancient art, especially sure. Egyptian art and whatnot. I like it. I like it. And yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, So, you know, the, the collective unconscious is what we all share, so that's where we're all pulling from. So I, I guess that's a reference to that. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so I got a question for you. When was the first time you uh, had an attraction to art, doing producing some kind of art? Actually, it was with the the penny work that I do. Uh, I mean, it must have been now, let's see, like seven years ago or so. Um, I started making mosaics out of pennies. So I'd take them and, and change them with, with chemical patinas or... Uh, grinding point power tools and whatnot, and then make mosaics out of them. Oh wow! Well, How big? I want to kind of real quick reference. You're talking about your pennies, right? I saw a piece that you talked about. It was like something about like Wall Street alchemy or something like that, right? Yeah, so I guess there's a lot happening on my Instagram, and and sometimes I'm not sure how they all relate myself, but um, yeah, Wall Street is where my studio is, believe it or not. Mm. I mean, Wall Street, LA, not New York. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, mean, it's it's in (laughs) Completely different. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can't even make up, make this stuff up, you know? So that, that's, that's a reference to that. And, and I consider the work that I do with the pennies to be sort of a modern alchemy. I'm just taking a look at, um, well, one of the things that I kind of saw that How big is that? That, that piece is about, 
a little over six feet tall by wow. almost five feet. It's very, it's very big. Yeah. Uh, so we're looking at it. And kind of how like many pennies? That that piece is about. I think I believe that it's nine thousand pennies. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So they well, take a while. All right. So already the, the piece of artwork is already worth nine hundred dollars. That's just on exactly. materials alone. Yeah. Well, um, there's something that there's something in there. I, I don't know if I can find it right now, but you mentioned like how long did that take? Just right quick. That, that particular piece, if I focus on a piece like that, right now I, I'm making a piece, for example, and I have a couple other things going on, but I usually don't do that when I'm doing a penny piece. I usually just focus on that. And that piece took me about two months. Wow. Yeah, so. And so, like, how about how long each day would you spend on it? Mm, oh, God, you know, about, you know, six to eight hours or more, you know, as much as I can. If it's a lot of power drill work, then... I have to go light, you know, I have to take a break. She wow. said power drill, man. Okay, yeah. okay. Like, I love it, man. <laughs> you know, what, what, first of all, what I love is like, you actually, uh, you know, there's nothing more street than using like loose change, I, I feel like. Yeah, you, I mean, you know I, what I, I mean? definitely, any piece, of, any <clears throat> penny I find on the street, I use. Oh, you find them actually. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. See, That's the damn, best ones. <laughs> so what I loved is, you know, I don't know, the audience may not know, or they may know actually, you wrote on one of your pieces, or posts actually, um, you may, maybe you want to give it a better explanation oh, of yeah, like what the yeah. penny used to be made out of. Wall Street Alchemy 101 class. I love that. Class. I love that. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I, that's a description. What you're referring to right now is um, a description of what a penny is made of. So in post, before 1982, they were made of 95% copper with just a very small zinc core. But after mm. 1982, they're now made of 97.5% zinc, and they're just a very thin layer of copper. Yeah. So one of the things that I do, one of the most common things I do with the pennies <laughs> is to strip that copper coating off of it. To yeah, expose the doesn't zinc. take long. No, well, <laughs> it's actually, it's more difficult than it looks, but um, uh, yeah, it is a thin coating, so. Yeah, you know what I love is because I think that, you know, copper is a very valuable thing for, like, wires and a lot of different oh, kind yeah. of things. Mm -hmm. So, in actuality, it's kind of like, hey, they just started shortchanging us, <laughs> you know, at some point in time, right? Oh, they're like, ah, oh, nobody will notice. We'll just throw zinc in there, actually. Yeah. And we'll just play they it did with the copper. same thing with 2x4s as well. Really? Before the mean? war, they used a 2x4 in, in lumber. Okay. Um, would yeah, actually be 2 inches anymore. by 4 inches. Yeah. And now, they're only an inch and 3 quarters I by know. 3 inches. I was wondering why they call them 2x4s. Two two yeah. yeah. Because, because they like, used to be 2 inches by 4 <laughs> inches. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know what, I just Same love your post because it's like, you want to talk about like manipulating money and alchemy, it's like, hey man, this is like straight up, like right before your eyes. Everybody knows it, but no one yeah. gives a fuck, you know? Everybody talks about conspiracy theories a lot of times. And it's like, hey, the government's doing this. It's just, this is just straight up something. They're just like, you know what? We're just going to coat these. And then we yeah. just change the whole idea well, I would, of what I currency imagine, is. I imagine yeah. that if everyone had figured out that uh, the pre-82 pennies were, were pure copper, that at some point we could have just agreed that, hey, these are actually worth more. And yeah. if we just agreed <laughs> to that, you know, I mean. <laughs> then I know, I just, it just inspired a lot of thought in my own eyes because I think it's just like uh, you know, it's just something that blew my mind when I saw your post. I mean, like, I knew that, but uh, the way you put it, like, Wall Street Alchemy, I was just like, man, that's brilliant, you know, you know? so. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I got, uh, when you were growing up in Minnesota, was there any kind of art inclination? That's a good question. Not really. Yes and no. When I was a, when I was a young kid, yes. I was very, very artistic, but I was an athlete. Mm. I was so intensely about ice hockey and, ice and, hockey? and lacrosse. Yeah, that, like... <laughs> Folks, if you could sit here and, and look at the young lady we're talking, she's a, a nice, you know, maybe conservative-looking, attractive young lady. And if I had to pick one thing that would, would be the last thing I think she would do, it'd probably be I hockey. I should have brought my hockey stick with. I mean, it's a cold day, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, she may not be it's so conservative. <laughs> conservative. This is hot compared to, like, Minnesota. Okay? Minnesota, true. they're That's in t-shirt and shorts. Right. So, yeah, from hockey, um, yes. not, not a lot of jocks. Uh, you know, I see them doing so much art. Well, yeah, exactly, and that's yeah. really interesting to me because having done both now, I see that there's so many crossovers between if you want to commit yourself to being a good athlete or a good artist, it takes a lot of the same characteristics. Mm. So, I, like, when it comes to work ethic, I'm so glad that I had that experience of being an athlete Absolutely. growing up. Um, actually teaches an athlete too. He used to yeah. play uh, prof professional ball, beach volleyball. Yeah, I sucked oh, it yeah. up. Luckily, luckily I sucked at it. Really? I was, I was kind of good. 
Oh, was, yeah. And, and luckily, I never uh, met up with anyone. Uh, part, I played two-man beach volleyball. Okay. And I played in a few of the uh, qualifiers for the AVP wow. on the beach in Manhattan. Okay. And uh, Hermosa. Is that how you know um, Stephen? Manhattan. No. Um, oh, okay. Actually, I lived him. in Hermosa for a couple of years. I oh, okay. Mm -hmm. That's. I mean, that's the the mecca right there. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I came from Florida playing two man beach volleyball, and I was one of the good guys there. And I thought I was going to come out here, get my like AAA within yeah. a year, and then start getting sponsored and all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got humbled. I got humbled really fast. Okay, I'll really? tell you a quick story just to give you an idea. Okay, here I, I just won a double A tournament in Florida. Okay, I come out here, and the first game that I played was at the Santa Monica Pier. Okay, it was against Bobby Barber and Al Luber. At the time, Bobby Barber was 73 years old, and Al was 58. Okay, and I picked up a guy that was about 30, about the same age I was at the same time. And I was like, look, dude, let's take it easy on these old guys because I want to <laughs> save some energy because if you won the game, you get to hold the court. I was like, I want to play quite a few games here, okay? You know, I just want to get some good exercise today, yeah. you know? <laughs> well, back then, they didn't have rally scoring. You had to serve a, serve a ball in order to get a point, and they beat us 15 to 6. He's a 70-something-year-old beat you. 73-year-old man. A 58-year-old <laughs> man beat two 30-year-olds. Okay? Whoa. Like, wow. you add us up and we're almost as old as one of the guys, the younger guys. <laughs> okay? Oh but this is what happened. I mean, I was used to a power game, popping that ball down, bouncing it up high, you know? I mean, like, yeah. These guys, man, they knew exactly where to be. Mm -hmm. And so the first ball that I could really drill into the ground, the old man was right in my line of sights. <laughs> and I didn't want to be known as the guy that came out there and hurt this old yeah. man, you know? So I tried to loop it over his head. So he just backs up and sticks this one little knuckle up in the air and pops that ball straight up and he starts running for the net and he's giggling, he's like <laughs> yeah. His partner comes over and gives him this little set that's like, it's not high and lofty, <laughs> it just looks like it's gonna hit the net and roll yeah. down on our side, so I scoot up. And with that same little knuckle, he goes dink and pops that ball and it lands about a foot from the back line. I'm chasing it down, diving for it, and I'm 15 feet away from it when it hits the ground. <laughs> okay, the next set, I, he's right in my line of fire. I put a pretty good little hit on it, but he just pops it up. Like he's waving it high to somebody about the same height as he did with his knuckle. He makes that same run to the net with his still giggling as partner gives him the same exact set. Little thing, right? Just a low little set. Looks like he's gonna hit the net and drop on our side. I'm watching the back line and he just gets enough of that knuckle on there to where it looks like it hits the net and drops straight on our side. Oh, God damn, man. They I'm 10 you. feet away from it, diving from it. The next ball I got, he was in my line of sights. I hit that thing as hard as I could and it <laughs> bounced about 30 feet, 40 feet in the air. Oh my God. But it was that far out. Next thing I know, the game was over. Yeah. <laughs> and I wanted, I'm like thinking to myself, what was I thinking? I can't even beat old men out here. How am I going to qualify oh for the God. pros? You know? Um, but I mean, I got you know, a little bit better. Actually, the, <laughs> the one guy's son, the older guy's son, actually taught me, uh, was my coach for a while. But unfortunately, actually, I say fortunately, because if I would have been good at it, and if I would have gotten a good partner, I would have played a lot more, and yeah. I would have wrecked my body. That's true. Right That's now, true. I'm in a I good amount of pain. Too. My shoulder, mm -hmm. my knee, my back. Oh, um, yeah. You know, I'm 50 years old now. Right. And my father Art was an athlete. Yeah, they didn't tell me about all this, what to happens go. to your body when you bang on it. So, yeah. Are you, I think uh, about that. Well, I think about that with ice hockey. Yeah. That's what Just I mean. For right. concussions and head yeah. injuries and whatnot. What we're Did finding you ever out have now. any concussions? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, of course, it was at a different time than now. Like, back then... Um, it, you want to be tough. You yeah, wanted to play through it, it off, and, and they encourage that now. <laughs> now it's now it's CTE. Yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely. So wait, different. has has uh, being an athlete helped you in your art teach? I mean, she's saying that that work ethic. Yeah. Kind of oh no, totally. Out, I'm 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 an obsessive uh, compulsive, uh, and I mean, if you're going to be a professional athlete these days, you have to be. Yeah. You pretty much have to torture your body in some one way or another, or your mind. You have sure. to be some kind of compulsive freak in order to be a pro these days. Yeah, yeah, and no, if you're going to be an artist these days and and stick around and make any kind of difference, you have to be there for longevity. You have to be consistent, and once you you know find something that you do, you know stick with being an artist. You know try different things. But one of the things that people ap appreciate is knowing that you know if they're going to purchase a piece of artwork from an artist, they want to support that artist. That that person's always going to be an artist. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's true. So, that's true. From being an athlete to you know, always I've always been an artist, but the the part of being an athlete just you know it, it puts that extra drive in there on nights that maybe you don't yeah. want to finish something up or exactly. something like that, and you're like that's you know a what? difference I think is that like 
everybody can make art when they want to. Yeah. I think it's to be good or to be great, it's when you don't want to. Yes, And that's absolutely. the same with sports, is when you don't want to train, you don't feel like going to the gym, but that's when the good ones are in the gym. And That's not. what makes yeah, the I difference like in the good ones and the, and the ones that are kind of good, like I was at volleyball. <laughs> I'm not bitter about it at all. I let it go. The three therapists that I put out of business, they were, you know, they said I was, you know, making progress. Well, I like what you said, though, you know, I mean, it's just like doing art, you, because, you know, coming to the table every single day as a professional, I think, and if you're serious about anything, that's very important. Um, but, you know, let's talk a, bit, a little bit more about your pieces, man. I, I, once you got to L.A., okay, and oh, yeah. then you're, you're here going to school, okay, then you said you did the Penny Project, mm -hmm. and that was yeah. what kind of started your interest in doing stuff in outside or on the street or um, well that's that's definitely indoor work for sure and stuff I was just doing in my my um, studio at the time and then I moved to Skid Row actually and I was part of an artist collective there the catalyst which is no longer there um, and once I got there I think yeah I just started having more ideas about doing stuff on the street so that's sort of what happened. I just had an idea, and then once I had one, I had another. And then soon you can't walk outside without getting, like, five million <laughs> You're of them. inspired, no. Yeah, and there was just so much going on in that neighborhood, and there still is, like, Let's in, talk a little bit about Skid Row, actually. I mean, uh... How did you decide to move to... Yeah. <laughs> well, Like, there guess, was an apartment opening, like, you were checking out the area? You know, I was, I mean, I guess I want to say, like, serendipitous in a way, but, like, I was looking for a place live and I had met a friend at that time that was living there and there was a space open and you had to apply to get in and all sorts of what? things. Yeah, because you know they wanted to make sure that you were an artist and stuff. So um yeah anyway well, it just kind of worked well, you got a yeah, pass yeah. you get a <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um it was a it was an amazing artist collective though unfortunately it's not there anymore. Is there but anybody else I mean that's a street artist that's in that collective that we would know maybe or the guy who got me in there, Sasquatch. Okay. Do you know him? Sasquatch. You know Sasquatch? No. No, 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 Really, a lot of people just hear Skid Row and they hear like homeless people. They actually right, don't know right. that it's actually called Gallery Row too. If yeah. There's a sign it's right next to it. Yeah, it's right. right next to it, right? Well, I think yeah, that's the thing is that like I never like I don't have. It's a very very complicated neighborhood, and I don't ever want to like assert myself as being expert on anything sure. there and having the answers or the solutions to anything. But I think a lot of people don't understand that like Skid Row has a lot going on, like. Aside from just the homelessness issue, which is obviously what dominates everyone's perception of it, but it's also the toy district. There's tons of businesses there. It's, I live right above Pinata Alley. Um, yeah, and it's just that's where they make all the pinatas yeah, in LA. There's many artists that have always lived in Skid Row, so there's there's a lot going on there, and there's a lot happening. Obviously, that's like what gets the most attention sure. but um and it influences i think all of our work who lives you know all the artists who live there i mean why is it called skid row it just sounds like a horrible name well, actually, a lot of times you know from, I mean? my, from my understanding yeah. i i will have to look this up to be certain but the term actually comes from i don't know if it's out east or up north but um when the i when they used to bring what is it on the ice that where they'd slide the ice okay, have okay, you heard yeah, of that yeah. like where people would get off the train and wait for work so actually, the term is where people used to wait for work. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so okay. it's called the, the skids. They used to wait there to, okay. to get hired. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah so yeah. that's like, in, in fact, like Vancouver has a skid row. You know, we have a skid row. That, that term is can be used okay. in, in many places. I just did a Johnny Carson there, dude. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just told, I mean, I totally gave not the <laughs> right information, but it has something to do with that. <laughs> Which is interesting is that the actual term has to do with people who are looking for work. Yeah, so, no, interesting. Yeah. I mean, no, honestly, it just in my, like... I, I didn't know, know either, dude. I thought, I, it, yeah, like, it just sounds like such a horrible skid, name. Yeah, you think... The, you know, like, when I think, how did it I first come up with Mark, that man, I, you, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. it's just, like, to me... But anyways, what I think is really interesting is, like, you're actually putting uh, 3D augmented reality pieces out there, you know, on Skid Row, basically. Yeah, what was the first too. 3D piece that you put out? Um, you know, actually... 
I would think that, so there was this tree on 5th Street, 5th and Main Street, um, that fell over, and one of the first ideas that I had, which I think you just passed because, yeah, there it is, was, oh, one more up. That was one of the first things mm. that I did. Oh, so I that like tree that. Oh, wow. had gotten hit by a truck, and then I, I went there and I put a hand uh, with an uh, axe, like a guy. Coming out of it, the it, it had fallen <laughs> out of lumberjack or something like that, and people <laughs> people really liked it. And it, the people what is that lived made out of? It, it, that's just a mannequin arm and a. Uh, yeah, do you an have axe. access to uh, a lot of mannequin arms? Uh, I mean. Actually, believe it or not, I come up on a lot of them living yeah. around the fashion district. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. In the fashion yeah. district, that would make sense. It's got this, sure. for the audience, it's got this tree stump, and then it's like kind of out of the ground zombie style. There's this, It's wearing like a Paul Bunyan kind of like lumberjack. Yeah, the plaid with shirt. With axe, you know what I mean? And it just like really. I, when I saw the plaid first, shirt really is a nice touch too. Yeah. I love that. I did see this piece and I just thought it's like really like you know a lot of times we have a lot of like street art going on that's like first of all it's not like a sculpture I would, I would call it kind of like sculpture uh, type you know street, street art you know and it's also really humorous too so I just thought it's like kind of like fun yeah. you know clever and witty like, and I, oh, the reason I was asking about like do you have access to mannequins is because like you know, uh, I see some other like they, they arms and legs and yeah. things that yeah, you exactly. use. And, and I like too that it's, it's oftentimes a lot of limbs because I don't always come up on a full mannequin. I don't think I've ever come up on a full one. I'm like, I got a, I got a trunk, I got a leg. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying like. I don't think the cops are going to bust you for this, but if you ever open your, pop over your trunk, they might see some limbs and like, have know, some questions. I know, they, you know? they do. Yeah, I think they get a kick out of it. I mean, they're, obviously the police station is in Skid Row too, right? The headquarters. Yes. So they oh, see yeah. me all the time, and I think they get a kick out of some I of the this, stuff they see me walking with. I thought this cone was pretty cool, because a lot of people have do a, a lot of street artists have been, done their own takes on cones, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, Can you tell us a little it. bit about, because this is also a little bit mannequin-like too. It's so yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. So, that is so basically I, I just yeah I used like um, what did I use for that um, uh, I use a lot of spackling and mm. I think that was a mannequin head but then also poster board and oh. styrofoam interesting um, wow yeah and it's, <laughs> that is it's the ultimate just a, mixed a media cone head, I mean, it's like a cone know? head yeah yeah yeah, yeah. take it to your leader kind of thing mm-hmm. you know what I mean like that's that's pretty old school man I, remember I just love the, yeah. the mix the mixed media the different elements you're able to, to come up with yeah well I guess because I didn't that just speaks to being like an untrained artist in a way you don't have any limitations you're just like whatever I can use and will work and I make a lot of mistakes but you know, that's what being an artist is all about. Yeah, yeah. Hey, just real quick, speaking of Coneheads, um, Dan, is Dan Aykroyd is the guy from Coneheads? Right? Yeah. Yes. Dan, yeah. Right? Yes. I don't know. I heard this guy on Rogan's podcast recently. I don't know if you ever like listened to this guy talk. The guy is out of his fucking goddamn mind, dude. He is like asking people to like go on his spaceship. You, you know what I mean? And, like, oh, Dan Aykroyd? Yeah, he's no like taking way. investors for his... <laughs> wow. <laughs> There's a group of celebrities in town, man. Like the guy from fucking Blink-182... Dan Aykroyd, you know, these guys are, like, doing a GoFundMe to get off this fucking planet Earth, oh dude. Like, you know, it's like Why a, not? You know what? Yeah, Why not? I'm He's done everything. You know, when you get to that level, you, you, you start to, you tend to go to bizarre, you know, you know Or I'm just saying, like, you know, some rock stars and, and, you know, some, like, actors, they just get in their own little secluded world and yeah. they just forget about reality sometimes, you know? I think they, so. You're right? So I'm just saying, yes. he's done, like, the whole Coneheads thing. He has so many Coneheads fans and then someone just mm-hmm. put it in his mind that, hey, man, we should get out of here. Like, <laughs> you know, I, mean, I just, to me, it's just baffling, man. But um, anyways, well, yeah. let's... <laughs> Climate's going to hell, they say. And, exactly. And, that, that's what they're concerned about, right? But anyways, if, if you have time, check out uh, Dan Aykroyd on Rogan, man. I mean, he's selling... Uh, I met him once. You met him once? Interesting. I, I met him yeah. at uh, the House of Blues of all places. Okay. Were you... Uh, uh, because he was part uh, part owner of the House of Blues. It was on the one on Sunset and... Yeah, yeah, and the one you got arrested. <laughs> where I got arrested. Got busted. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Um, could never go again. This was before that. <laughs> um was hanging out and actually met Anthony Bourdain that night. He was hanging out with um, with uh, Chris Kattan and um, and what's the good-looking guy's name? Um, they always hung out with them. Um, oh, he was in the movie The Phantom. Billy Zane. Yeah, so okay. they were all hanging yeah, out. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I just walk out into one of these little um, balconies <clears throat> and here's Dan Aykroyd and, and one of the sailors from the love boat. Uh, I forget which one it was, whatever. And they're sitting there smoking a joint. 
and it's me and two of my friends, and they passed the joint over to us. And we're like, cool, you know? So we sat there and smoked a joint with them. Nice, nice. And then it was funny, because he started talking about the type of weed that we were smoking. Like, And he goes, no, it's not this heavy stuff you're going to be coughing, you know? But in a couple of minutes, you're going to have someone back in the back of your head with like a little bitty tool hammer just banging on something like that. And it's going to creep up on you, you know? And then shortly after that, I was going, oh, wow, this is some crazy stuff we just smoked. Whoa. That's so crazy. Because but um, so nice, you know? Yeah. <laughs> But that was, yeah, then I got banned. It was a clone because, like, Dan Aykroyd on Rogan, he said that he doesn't smoke weed because he's illegal. Uh, he's allergic to, uh, I don't know, some, some fucking thing Uh-oh. inside there. Well, dude, once <laughs> Somebody's lying. Somebody's lying. Yeah. <laughs> I sat there and, and smoked a joint with the dude, and there, that was about 12 oh, yeah. years ago. I, I believe it, man. I'm just saying, this guy's telling people to go on his fucking spaceship, man. So yeah, it's like, I believe you, teach it, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't disbelieve that but the thing about him not smoking weed I, that's, I find I mean, that's that a recent thing you know what I mean oh you know what who just recently quit smoking blew my mind Willie Nelson Willie Nelson man. no I saw that man no, he's I, the only person that has outsmoked Snoop Dogg well okay Tommy Chong no you don't think so no you don't think Tom, Tom, come on Tommy Chong definitely after that's like, what Snoop said Snoop said the only person that where he was just like no I'm done was with Willie Nelson. Mm, mm. So that gives you an idea. Dude has torched the lungs. Yeah, no, I mean, see, all those guys, they definitely roll a lot of, like, blunts and joints, too. Oh, with the backwoods. Yeah, the backwoods. you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I don't know, my smoke, style. Smoke weed? You know what? I actually don't. It's okay. I don't. It's okay. Yeah. We okay. Just, okay. Know, we just gotta. Isn't that funny how we're saying it's okay? Or instead <laughs> yeah, of like even so talking sorry. about it, well, like during the day, or to be like, dude, you don't even ask that, man, because no, it's yeah. like illegal nowadays. Like, no, oh, you don't. That's yeah, okay. It's all right that you don't. I mean, what you, you know? You don't seem like a person that has a lot of vices. I mean, it's like art. Well, well I used to actually. Yeah. yeah so oh, you I used, was, used oh, to play yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I still I still drink here and there, you know, but everything in balance. But I did actually. I had a I had an addiction problem in the past oh, okay, um, okay. that I, I was gone and I went back to Minnesota for a time <clears throat> period to take okay. care of and when I came back um, I think that's when I started doing a lot better with my art and just in general as a oh, person thank you for and, sharing that because like yeah, honestly yeah. Um, like I part of being an artist is, yeah. is using your struggles to, yeah, I mean, uh, to help develop your work yeah. A lot of us just act like degenerates, and we can, we're not actually strong enough to face our like problems a lot of times. Yeah. So, well, no, honestly, it's not always a problem for everybody. But I guess um, it's important for me to talk about because I just want people to know who are out there that have similar issues that like it can get better. You know, it's awesome. Yeah, the best thing you can think you of is that it's not always going to be like this. Yeah, exactly. That's one of the things exactly. I've heard. I remember hearing that because mm-hmm. I, I mean I struggle with some. Depression myself as well. Luckily, not to a um, you know just con- deconstructive degree. But um, you know, during the times when it's uh, really working me, one of the things that works for me is just that I know it's not always going to be like this. Yeah, you know, exactly. the sun comes up tomorrow, and something different's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, and, and especially if you can make it through that, I think those dark days really make you stronger. And and I'm glad that I went through that time period, and I feel like that is a benefit to me now. So it makes anybody the lighter feels days that lighter. way, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. And just um, I, hey, I came up with some good ideas when I was in that place, and it, that it definitely true. makes you a, a stronger person if you can yeah. pushes you into break down into your and, thoughts. And yeah, absolutely, I uh, come up with some of my best ideas going through some of the toughest times. Yeah. You know, I want to talk just about one of the pieces because I, I got. I'm curious. That's not to say that we should always be going through tough times. Oh no, not at all. I, I think because that's it, there's a certain uh, yeah. point for everybody's got their own line, but at right. some point when it's too much and you just can't even do anything. Yeah, and I don't like to play into that stereotype of the struggling artist and this, that, and whatever. Very that's really important to like turn for us as artists to turn the page on that idea. You know, um, no, I respect that. I respect because yeah. there's a lot. Trust me, there's a lot of people like. Um, playing that card like hey I'm a struggling artist and one of the things like Teach always says to me is just like hey you know save that shit for yourself <laughs> not, for the, not for the internet man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. but no I mean you know what here's the thing if you're going to be struggling um, try to find a way to inspire someone with it that's that's what I try mm. to say, you know. And if I can't, then I try not to say anything. Yeah. You know, because right. I, I don't want people. I don't want to bring people down. Mm-hmm. I don't want people to buy my stuff because they feel sorry for me. Right. I want them to buy my stuff because they're like, you know what, that dude was facing a tough time, and he came out of it. He made something positive of it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Exactly. Real but, quick, 
Sorry, go ahead. No, I just want to talk about this piece because I kind of referred reference it. Oh, uh, what am I? So this is like honestly, this was the piece yeah. that kind of <laughs> caught my bit real attention, and I felt like you know what, someone's taking it to the next level. Okay. <laughs> yes. It's and beyond. <clears throat> it's topical. Yeah. It's it's like augmented reality, like you said. I'm talking about right here. We're taking a look at this bear uh, trap. Bear trap. Huge. With the bird around it. A I, huge I know one. so many reasons why you would do this, but I want to hear it right from the, uh, the artist. Like, okay. I mean, it fits the entire <laughs> scooter inside. It's that big. It's yeah. like, what is that? About four feet in diameter? Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad that you brought this one up because it gives me a good chance to talk about wildlife. Who is? Oh, I love one, wildlife. Yeah, who's like one of my like main creative partners and has been for a couple years. Um, this is a piece we did together. So, I mean, it came about the same way a lot of our art pieces have come about. Just we literally were having coffee and have wanted to do a bear trap together for a long time. And these, you know, same time that this is happening. So, I don't know. I maybe suggested that we just finally do it and put one of those birds inside of it. Wouldn't that be funny? And, of course, you know, he's all about it. And I yes, think he we... Is. He actually, he did, so a lot What's of What's it made out of? It's made I out of I need to know. Card. It's made out of cardboard. <laughs> and then sometimes I don't even know the technical use for the things that I'm using. But these are like, in at Home Depot, they're in the plumbing aisle. They're like little noodles. But they're skinnier noodles. Oh. Yeah. So I don't know what they're actually for. Insulation for plumbing or something? But so I... Come so, to it. What we do a lot of times is he'll he'll do one part and I'll do the other part. So he he did the trap and I painted it and then I did the chain. So and then we just met up and such a great and then went combination. And, installed it and, and this is wildlife, you said, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So how did you guys meet? We met at believe it or not, we met at the coffee shop twice. <laughs> and the reason we met both times was because he interrupted a conversation I was having with somebody else. <laughs> And that sounds I'm like, like that sounds like wildlife. Yeah, and finally I'm like, who is this guy? He's so crazy. But um, we became friends right away. So he's been like, you know, a great friend, and we've collaborated on a lot of things, and I've learned a lot from him. So I gotta get him on here someday, man. Yeah, he's, good I don't luck. know if I can get him on. Yeah, no, that's the problem. Get him on here. Get him like a certain day and time and everything, because he has his own thing that he does he's got his own life and and uh yeah you know all the respect in the world he's definitely one that and i guess that's where we definitely differ and every like you said every artist makes their own decision about whether they want to be anonymous or not or whatever he's definitely gone more in that direction i personally don't really care about that but um i know a lot of artists do so he definitely wants to do that thing so well, I want to talk about this other piece that you use the birds there, and you know, I want to get to the like, what's your okay, what, what's your beef against feeling? birds? <laughs> you know what? Talk like, about the birds. No, I, I have the, a beef against them too. Fire, don't, don't the get, bird yeah. So I'm looking right here. Like I said, on the sidewalk. <clears throat> on the sidewalk, they're just stacked like a bunch of them, and then there's some uh, flames coming out of them. And again, it's the flames like are what is that poster board or is um, that, that's uh, actually it's wood. Wood. Yeah, they're made nice. out of wood. Nice quarter inch plywood or. Um, yeah, yeah, about that, about like maybe half inch. Half inch, yeah. Half inch, yeah. What I, what I love is basically it's like whenever people take pictures with street art and things like that, it is a type of like augmented reality because it's kind of like, especially if it's something. And what you've done here is like you kind of like for taking that further one step, you're using a topical subject that's, uh, you know, the nuisance of uh, the birds <laughs> and locally. You're using the actual like street terrain, you know, I mean, which is always like kind of like these like. Kind of check boxes you want to hit when you when you do something in street art. You know they want you want to get Locations. attention. Exactly right. Yeah. So just tell us a little bit about like you know uh, what, what's, what, the what's your beef? Yeah, exactly. What, what's your beef against birds? Well, I guess like part of it, part of it. Because um, I got I, a beef too. So like okay, I said, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I think all of us who don't use them felt that it was something we just had to accept. You know, that yeah. was just thrust on us that is really unappealing and especially in our neighborhood especially mine that we're already dealing with so much stuff that's unappealing (laughs) on a regular basis it was just another thing added to that and I was like are you kidding me I guess 
and it, I don't know, it just, yeah, felt a little, I, I wouldn't say I'm as enraged as it appears, because I do think it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, um, yeah. And, and like I said, like sometimes I just want to make art about the things happening around me, so I might not feel as angry as it appears, but I know that other people are, and I guess I'm channeling that in yeah. some way. You're also giving them, like, this is therapy for them as well. Yeah. When someone exactly. sees that, they're just kind of like, ah, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> thank you for making that for me to look at. Yeah. And the beauty yeah. about these pieces, uh, especially the ones made with the card, I mean, with the card, with the uh, with the um, plywood and the way it's set up and everything, it just photographs so well, which is very important. <laughs> I mean, when the, you're going to do... uh she's got oh, the marshmallow going on right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> Nice, yeah. You know, for me, it's just kind of like, all right, first of all, it's great to not use, like, you know, gas and getting around, you know what I mean? But you can just fucking walk. Okay, yeah, well, that's one I thing. That, right? Okay, it's just like when those Anywhere people... Anywhere you'd be going, you yeah, could easily When those people had those, like, hoverboards, you know, mm -hmm. Wiz Khalifa had the hoverboard, and he got, like, tackled by the the airport police because he's just like flying off you ever see this like tattooed graffer just like flying across it you know I mean it's what I'm saying it just seems like fucking lazy you know what I mean and second yeah. of all it's yeah. like the people who use them they scatter them and they just kind of like throw them on the ground well, from and what I've heard too the argument against that is that the people who are actually throwing them and pushing them and doing all that aren't the actual people using them it's the people who are angry so it's their fault but either way well, we're either all way, we're mean, dealing with all of it it's <laughs> a lot to deal with you know, I'm yeah. sure somebody's you know put it aside in, in a rush and then you know just put it there and then like they didn't put it very stable and it knocked down you know what I mean so there's a design flaw in these fucking birds you know I mean they should make them they can't like fall down so easy because I see him falling down all the time. Thirdly, <laughs> thirdly yeah. I don't know if you know, in Venice Beach actually, they have like a contest of these surfer bums every single morning. Oh, they no. try to collect all the birds to like, uh, <clears throat> they get a certain amount of cash if they set them straight again. So it actually creates like this <laughs> economy. Yeah, it's like turf oh, warfare smart. amongst like these surfer bums, man. Oh, like, no. hey man, I need to collect a certain amount of like oh. birth. I don't know if you, this is like a weird thing that's going well, on. They could right? definitely wow. employ a lot of people in this neighborhood if they wanted to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, why not? It's like uh, that episode of Seinfeld when they got the bums to carry the rickshaws. I don't know if you watched I didn't see that. No, you don't want Anyways, no. all right. I'm doing a fucking... I always think so. I've seen every episode and then somebody says that. But anyways, what I'm just saying is just like, I saw somebody just like pile like a shit ton of them on top of a trash can on yes, the beach. Yes, I saw that too, one. You know what I mean? Yes. And oh, it's just yeah. funny because you're right. It was just kind of thrusted upon us. I mean, if you don't have a cell phone, you can't even use it. And you got to download their app and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and on top of that, people are kind of just zooming by really, really fast on them. And it's fucking dangerous. You, yeah. you know what I mean? So... I feel you with your beef against birds. So you're not. You're not. It actually made, made me laugh a lot. You know. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> real quick, I saw you. You know. You. I don't know if that's the same chain. Love that. But you know, it's kind of a cool thing. You have some like performance kind of like art thing going on sometimes yeah. too. Yeah. Well, when I first started, um, I wasn't always very good at taking pictures of my work. You mm. know, you you get very there important. and you're just you throw it together and you're nervous, a lot of things are going through your head and you're just worried about getting it installed. But as I've been going on, like I figured out very quickly, especially now that the pictures are all that last sometimes. So it's important mm. yes. to get that. And I guess that's just sort of an evolution of that idea is that I would be walking around with the piece and, and then you see people interacting with it or whatnot. And I didn't even intend to do that, but, <laughs> but people, it just kind of worked out well. And, when I was just trying yeah. to get it behind the police car, so <laughs> I was like, "Why not?" Like, well, when you see a prop like that, just so you people yeah. know what we're talking about, it is a, literally a ball and chain that is huge. It's this, the same looks like the same chain that was um, used on the bear trap, but you've got it on a, like a massive wrecking ball looking thing. Yeah, and that's and a, that's a piece from the toy district that I turned into a wrecking ball. So a lot of the supplies I use just comes from the neighborhood. Nice, man. That's so LA. I love it because you're actually using like individually like neighborhoods and stuff you know yeah, that you're picking yeah. up you know yeah but when someone cool. sees someone walking down the street with the, with that <laughs> there, there's nothing yeah. they can do they can't help but come up and say can I get a picture exactly or yeah and it, it, <clears throat> it, that's kind of what I learned too and at first I was like a little shy about that kind of stuff but when you see that it's making people happy or smile like you gotta just have fun with it oh, absolutely definitely. I mean she kind of tackles some more serious topics too because like well she also does what a, an artist I mean your, your job as an artist really is to to make a your your own comment on current events so, so you know that's that's one of the things I respect about her is that you know that's what she's doing 
What I love is like she'll post these little signs too, um, like right here. <laughs> well, well, we'll go to a more serious one too. Like right next to Indian Alley, the back alley, there's like a clothes hanger with nine ninety nine abortions. You know what I mean? So she'll tackle some like ser- real serious stuff, and then she'll also have like a. Uh, no blowjobs in a gay bar kind of kind of thing. You, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's so, in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course. You know what I mean? You got to, you got you know, I just think... Location, location. Exactly, yeah. location. You know, location then, specific. And then during the, when the, uh, when the whole like vaping crisis going out, she said black market special, buy two vapes, get one lung for free. You, you know what I that's mean? Nice. It's just like, you're always out there and you're kind of like uh, keeping up with current events and just kind of like doing stuff, man. So... Um, Can you ever see yourself not doing this anymore? Um, I I don't see myself not doing it, but I definitely see myself just trying to like open my playbook a little more and expand into other things. Nice. You know, like I I always I love making contextual art on the street, and I love doing the pennies. But you know, obviously there might be a time that there's no pennies anymore around mm. for that or yeah. whatnot. So I I definitely stay open to doing other stuff, and I want to grow always. I think the whole purpose of doing this is to grow. The whole purpose of us being here is to grow. So yeah. Um, what about uh, your? You know, you have. You said you have a journalism background too. Do you use that kind of like, um, um, you know, any with like writing and stuff? So, uh, just curious. Well, I mean, this is kind of journalism. Yeah, it definitely. You know, when exactly. you're doing pieces like this in the street and you're you're That's dealing with current events, right, exactly. that is journalism. You're journalizing. You're journaling what's going on with your artwork. Yeah, exactly. I guess. Got a visual uh, journal going on. Yeah, I would say that one of the one of the most important things that they try to drill in your head in journalism in journalism school is to be objective and to, to stay objective to the truth. So, especially in the neighborhood that I live in, it's it's really easy to get caught up in politics and, and to be on one side or the yeah. other and whatnot. But I guess I just try to try to make art about what I just think is happening instead <coughs> of like. It, if that makes any sense. Yes, absolutely. Because yeah. these days, as they say, all the fake news mm-hmm. and you know uh, headlines and stuff that are that are going on, um, you know, it's it's good to have some real stuff. Right. You know, right. that so, it actually deals with what's really going on. Yeah. What about you know? Let's talk about the homeless problem for a second. I think last year the homeless population doubled or something crazy like that. Um, I can pull up the. Uh, the actual numbers, but I mean, have you seen that in the past year? I mean, um... I definitely, what I've noticed, I haven't noticed Skid Row getting mm-hmm. worse, the neighborhood that I'm in, but what I have noticed is just uh, they're it territorial. trickling. Someone tries to move into their area, they're going to beat the hell out of them and get them out of there, from yeah. what I know. <laughs> well, I just noticed, like, walking around, actually, like, Broadway and Main Street and Spring Street, those areas have, have um, gotten worse, I would say. Since I've been in downtown. So here's the uh, just just the latest news report from June 5th, 2019. Last year it was 36,300 LA County homeless population. Now it's 58,936. I mean, we've kind of wow. talked about this <clears throat> uh, a few times on the podcast. I mean, I don't think it's just necessarily all like, hey, these are just like drug out people. I mean, honestly, there's a lot of people. The uh, you know the rent is ridiculous even on skid row i'm sure like you have to yeah. like pay a pretty penny actually just for a uh you know an artist kind of like there's place. a lot of people that are actually living in their vehicles that you know drive uber or lyft or something like that yeah yeah and i mean that's how they, they may not even be counted yet in this homeless population but yeah i mean uh, you know i really don't know what they're gonna do about it at this well, point i think it's one thing that i would know it is like a lot of people talk about it's you know it's such a problem in Los Angeles such a problem in Los Angeles but a lot of the homeless people who I talk to um, and I guess the, t- the correct term is houseless now okay but, um, I'm sorry I mean not that it I, yeah. I'm just no, saying we, these days everyone's what, hyper yeah, about yeah, yeah. everything and so you gotta I guess, be yeah. as good as you can yeah yeah is that um, a lot of them are not from Los Angeles yeah so that's important to note it to note because I think a lot of people get sent here or like come here for other I hear that you know, yeah. So. People, oh yeah people they think they're going to come out here and get all famous and everything they're going to either be an actor or they're going to sell a script in the in the industry yeah and then they're waiting for their break yeah and well, I mean, then perhaps other other cities around the country are they don't have that phenomena funneling you know? not as much issues. some towns are filming towns but for the most part nowhere in the world is like Hollywood nowhere yeah. has the illusion um, that is that is here. I mean, it is yeah. very well possible to come into this town with zero dollars, have a script, and just happen to meet someone in a bar that's good friends with, 
you know, Leo DiCaprio or some famous, you know, celebrity who's like, oh man, let me get this to this guy and let him read it. Yeah. And then now all of a sudden that guy likes it and he's going to do your movie. Then you go raise money and you got a movie. That yeah. is very possible in this town. And that is why you've got a lot of these people that are hanging on, waiting, hoping yeah. that that's going to happen. I think that has a lot to do but with it. But some of them, you know, are, are you know, they're, uh, they want to be out there. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's a combination, you know. It's, it's a combination of the, the ones that are waiting and hoping for something, the ones that um, just want to be out there because that's the way that they want to survive. I've met people like that <coughs> that don't want to have any other existence but that. Yeah. And then there's the people who can't help it. Yeah, I mean, like, again, I, I think there's a lot of mental health issues going on. I'm reading just pulling that's up part right of here. Um, this is Curb.com. I don't know how, you know, credible of a source this is. It looks pretty credible, LA blog. But it's basically they're saying that other cities actually send um, their homeless people to Los Angeles, uh, you know, because they know that we actually, have, in Los Angeles, well, we the, actually have programs. You that's, know the, I mean? that's another problem that I was yeah. going to talk about, which is, is, you know, hard to say. But one of the problems, one of the reasons why we have so many homeless is because we feed them. We feed them every day. There are stations set up, you know, downtown in, in Santa Monica, in Venice, where every day, once a day, they are fed. You know what's crazier? I was in <clears throat> Vancouver one time, and they used to ha they have a crazy homeless issue too. Mm -hmm. They don't uh, just feed them; they actually give them methadone. So every single day, they actually uh, on the street they give them. I mean, that's basically like pharmaceutical heroin. I mean, it's like yeah, not, they don't you don't feel as good. The come down is not as strong. But it's I heard, I free heard. drugs, pretty much. <clears throat> yeah, but you know what's crazy is that uh, they in Vancouver actually this whole area one time I was just walking in the Chinatown area and I started walking I was like wait everybody looks a little bit off now and I realized I was like oh shit I'm in the like, <laughs> like the homeless area actually right now and I noticed them giving shots to every single person so basically they have to be administered on the street right there in front of people <clears throat> you know what I mean oh wow you know that's how because if they if they administer it uh, privately they're gonna try to sell it Oh, you, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? So they actually have, but what actually, what's crazy, it sounds counterintuitive, but it actually decreased all the crime rate in that area. It used to be a pretty dangerous area, but now that all the uh, the, the junkies got oh, their fix, actually, yeah, they cause a lot less problems. So, I mean, it, it seems like it's kind of like a crazy way to deal with it, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? But uh, I don't know, I'm just saying, like, this is something that they're doing in other uh, cities to combat, like, some of the homeless issues, and not just the homelessness, too, you know yeah, what I mean? So, at least it sounds like they're trying. <laughs> I mean, I have my own ideas of what I would like to see them do with some of these people, um, which is to, you know, we've got all these spaces that are not developed outside of cities that um, would be good to develop a new city in with the, with the <coughs> right way of engineering streets and, and businesses and you know, give them an opportunity to start living in these new cities. Well, hey, real quick, we just got back from China, actually. Did you see one fucking homeless person there? No. <laughs> Dude, so crazy, that right? was in Shanghai, which is the most populated... It's basically the New York City of... Um, now, I'm sure there's sections that they have or whatever, because there were certain areas that were walled <coughs> off where they're doing construction, well, well, but... On the streets, everywhere that I walked there, we did not see yeah. one single person with a blanket yeah. wrapped around them, like, that they're going to sleep there. A decade ago, you yeah. would, actually. Um, but the crazy thing is, like, in, in China, they basically don't allow that kind of stuff. They'll send you... Because a lot of the people, they come from, like, Manchuria or something. It's so cold there that they'd rather be homeless in Shanghai, where it's still pretty goddamn... Warmer. A little bit warmer, but... Basically, what they do is they would just round them up and send them back to their faction, as I would like oh, to just kind wow. of say, you know what I mean? So, like, uh, let's say they're in Manchuria and they have to live in these 30, 30 uh, story, 50 story high buildings. It's so cold up there, you, you know what I mean? But they'd rather kind of live on the street. But the Chinese government, they have, you know, they're communists, right? They have control over everything. So, uh, you know, that's one way not to have homeless yeah. people, right? Ship them back to their faction, you yeah. know what I mean? So, I'm just saying that there's, you know, different countries are dealing with. Uh, different issues. Well, like, these uh, days we've gotten to such a hyper awareness of calling anything wrong or anything that uh, it's going to be hard to find, um, you know, something that really works that doesn't offend somebody or some group of people. <coughs> some, you know, uh, way of thinking, some philosophy is going to be offended by your solution. Yeah, I mean... You know, just speaking about, like, China, like, we just got back from there. There was this group called the Uyghurs. They're kind of like a minority group 
they're Muslim inside China. When I used to go there like 10 years ago, you would see them selling like uh, maybe like meat sticks on the street basically and just like kind of selling like little random wares. And basically what China's done is they actually took, they, uh, they took all the Uyghurs and interned them basically in Western, uh, in Western China. It's like a little area above Tibet. <clears throat> And for re-education, basically. Uh, have you heard about this? I don't know. Basically, he put the re-education in air quotes, just so you know. <laughs> I mean, basically, they're the, the Muslims of China, and they were causing a lot of, like, uh, uh, some terrorist activities, certain certain portion of them. So they're just like, how China deals with it is they, they just took them all and put them all in one city, and they said, all right, this is your guy's city, and they just kind of blocked them off. You can't leave there. So, I mean, I'm just saying it's 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 definitely controversial in how... how Depends on where you are. Exactly. Who's in charge. <clears throat> you know what I mean? So, like I said, there's just... It's like, hey, they don't have homeless people. That, that's that's how they deal with it. I don't think we would want to deal with it in that way in America. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But Well, um, like I said, you've already got too many different philosophical groups that have ways of, you know, that they think everything should be. And if you go against that, then they're going to come after you. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I don't want to leave it on such a bad, bad note. You, you, you know what I mean? But... Um, you know, you know what? I, I actually, uh, after coming back from China, you know, inspired <coughs> to do some pieces about okay. China yeah. and you know what's going on with Hong Kong and everything. Yeah. Um, basically, for those who don't know, like Hong Kong is one to adapt, you know, new world ideals and, and philosophies, Western democracy Western more, yeah. democracy more, and China doesn't want that. And you know, as an American, um, all I want to do is just send them peace and love and hope because they don't want to hear shit from us. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't need to hear shit from us. They already know what's going on there. You know, all they need are some positive hopes and wishes. You know, yeah. and that's what they would do for us. You know, anytime, like what happened with the airplane that got shot down or something like that, and they were like, you know, you should be apologizing. We're like, what? We should be apologizing? You shot down our airplane. But yeah. they, it's the it's the translation of it. It's like, well, you should be sorrowful that something like that happened. What airplane Instead are you talking of, about? I don't remember what it was that they shot it down, but it was, there was an airplane that went down. Oh, you're talking about like quite a while ago, I mean, yes. a few decades ago. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and we were so surprised that they wanted an apology, but it was the understanding of the apology that didn't make sense. But if you look at it from their perspective, it makes perfect sense, okay? When something bad, that, that was a bad thing that happened. Okay. This was, uh, let me just pull, go, go ahead. Just talk so we have the factual it. information, yeah. but when something bad like that happens, everyone should be sorry that that happened. Mm-hmm. And everyone should issue an apology. Oh, we are so sorry this happened. Yeah. Our first response was, you son of a bitches. Look what you did. Yeah. You know, and they're like, hey, you should be apologizing first. Yeah. And so that's why people are like, what the hell are they talking about? Yeah. But once you understand it and you look at it from their perspective, it makes perfect sense. You know, so that's what I'm trying to do with this um, series of pieces that I've come up with after being there. Is like, you know what? I don't want to try to tell them one thing or another. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to wish them peace and strength and hope in what they're dealing with. Yeah. Have you ever been to yeah. Asia? Just curious. No, no, I haven't. Would yeah, you like to go? Sure. It's Are we going now? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a trip because I just took this guy to uh, China for the first time, and uh, we, he actually got up in. Uh, some of the, uh, yeah, luckily, um, just because he speaks fluent Chinese, there's an area over there that have they have a, a graffiti wall that's curated. Oh, okay, wow, yeah. but there's also an area around that that's kind of hit up as well. Now the wall was all curated, so there was one blank spot that I just put up a little piece, but that didn't look like such a cool spot. The cool spot that I got was because he spoke fluent Chinese and was able to speak to someone in that area and oh, find yeah. out, hey, is it okay if we put this up here? You know, are you okay with that? And they're like, yeah, sure, you know, no problem. Yeah, we like that. We'd rather have that there than this. Wow. Now, if I would have tried to go there and do that, that's not going to happen. Right. So, I mean, thanks to him. We, uh, we kind of just got up in China. I don't think too many uh, American street artists have gotten up in China. but No. Uh, and getting paint there, we had to have paint shipped in. Oh, wow. Yeah. Teach you a nice, fun little piece. Uh, let me just show you of our... Uh, <laughs> just left a little note oh yeah <laughs> a little uh trump coming sure out of a uh, bull's ass you know what i mean you know yeah. they can it was what, so what funny I, that they're actually you know and now you look at the the recent um hot mic uh video that's gone viral of all the other world leaders well, not all of them but you know trudeau and 
Macron and what and, were they saying? I didn't catch that news. I've been in China. well. They're just saying, oh, you know, this guy just showed up late. Well, you know, he's doing a, a forty-minute press conference, you know, just off the top of his head. You know, <laughs> got to give him time for that and everything. You know, and so they're all kind of laughing about that, and that's why he left NATO early. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I love about this piece that you did in China teach is because that in China, I feel like nobody would ever think about um, doing something like this in, uh, to their president. It's just, you know what I mean? But yeah. basically, oh, as yeah. Americans, it's like we have that free speech, and it's just like, yeah. hey, fuck Donald Trump. We could say that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, and I think that's cool. What it is, it's like, hey, you never know. You can inspire somebody uh, in China. You, you, know, you know what I mean? Uh, Sarah, what do you think about the what's going on with the impeachment? Um, I mean, what's, what are your thoughts on it? Because, well, you know... I'm getting it, into it, politics the first time. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we like to talk about uncomfortable things here once we've, you know, we're almost done here. We're yeah, all comfortable. we're almost done. Yeah, yeah. Um, but well, I, you think I it's would, it's uh, makes sense? I... How far are we from the election? A year, right? From yeah. the next election? Less than a year. I mean, it sounds like that would be the best route to go. <laughs> I, you know, I mean... Yeah, I guess... That's what I what I would say, um, but again, I don't I don't have all the answers. I guess like to me, it I, doesn't I, make sense because it seems like we've had one trial, and then yeah. with the Mueller report, okay, mm-hmm. and we got a pretty good damning information on that, but we yeah. let it slide. Yeah, we let it slide. We yeah. let Trump have one. Okay, look, you know, you shouldn't do this. The next day, he goes off and makes a deal, trying to make right. a deal with another country. Yeah. Okay, now to me, you know, it's I wish we didn't have to do the impeachment now or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't, then that means what he did is okay. Right. Yeah, but the point is that I think that they're never gonna, even if like they're like, all right, we're you know we're gonna impeach him. How many Republicans are you gonna get? To, well, that's like, the problem. The Senate is controlled by the the so Republicans. The whole, so the whole thing, how I kind of see it, is just like so they're just wasting their time right now too. You, you know what I mean? They're like, well, right, we're gonna hope. impeach him, but yeah, maybe one Republican. I think any of those like. Mike Pence motherfuckers are gonna like switch, yeah. switch sides. It doesn't really seem. Yeah, like there's it, gonna you know. have to be something miraculous happen in the next couple of hearings, which I don't see happening. Um, but the thing is, what it comes down to though is is a historical thing. Okay, yeah, if we true. don't put a slap on this kind of behavior, it's only gonna get worse. I don't care if it costs the Dems, the House, the Senate, whatever. You look back in history. Is going to make a big difference. It hurts right now. It sucks yeah. right now. It's uncomfortable. It's, you know, they're going to make all kinds of bullshit about it and everything. But historically, you got to put a check on this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I don't look, care. You know, I mean, maybe not take like him out of office or whatever, but you've got to put a check on this shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, that sounds, that sounds good to me. I, it doesn't seem like you said, like, it's, it's actually going to work yeah. to get him out of office. I think the best chance to get him out of office is going to be next year yeah. but like you said you have to stand up for, for our democracy so it's important look we don't want any malarkey okay <laughs> I mean they doubled down on that fucking campaign slogan holy shit dude somebody's out of touch oh, what did right that now, meeting you know look I mean? like what did Jesus that meeting Christ. look like I gotta go with fucking Sleepy Joe right now dude I can't Goddamn Trump. He's so good at making those goddamn yeah. nicknames. Dude. Yeah, no, he's good at campaigning. <laughs> he's great at campaigning. Well, you know, anyways, enough about that guy. Fuck that guy. Anyway, but we know what? We've been about an hour right now, actually. Oh, That's awesome. Yeah, and thank you for it. coming in, we Sarah. And thank like, again, keep doing what you're doing. We think, like, the stuff that you're doing out there is really interesting. And, uh, uh, you know, thank you for being on the podcast. Is there a Instagram that you want? Can you yeah, let's uh, let's get all the um, contact information. Yeah, what's uh, your, do you ever uh, take commissions? Like, if someone wanted to commission you to do a piece? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely open to that. One of her penny okay. pieces are amazing. Man. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Uh they can they can DM me on Slide Instagram. Into DMs. Yeah. 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 Slide into the DMs. Yeah, that, that can would you tell, be fine. Can you tell us uh, the audience your um, your Instagram? Yeah, my Instagram's just s period c period m e r o. S dot C dot That's Sarah for you, okay? And uh, yeah, give her a follow, and then uh, definitely we'll keep you. How many updated. shows or anything coming up? I always have shows. Yes. Every every week on the street. Ah, That's what I, I like love to it. hear. I love it. I love it. That's exactly what we wanted you to say. Okay, so definitely, you know, we're going to be sharing all your work on our uh, Instagram page now that you're, you know, a guest on our podcast. So. Uh, um, yeah. Thank you for having me, you guys. Oh, definitely, definitely. We Thanks for making the huge trek. <laughs> <You're welcome. clears throat> and guys, uh, you know, follow us at PTTP Show. 
Uh, also, I want to say a big, huge thanks again for. Uh, let's get all the names in here again. We got <coughs> John and Kent. And Kent here, our our uh, special crew that is doing the producing for us today. Um, yeah, man. And uh, we just really appreciate all the people that reach out to us and uh, give us these uh, messages. That you inspire us to keep on going. And if you could please leave us a review, um, leave us a review. Uh, you know, just let us know what you think, man. And uh, and the container yard. Oh yeah, container. thanks so much. Hey, thanks uh, so much, guys. We appreciate you guys. And uh, uh, the container yard, we got a kind of a cool little artist spot going on. It's little, so. it's huge. <laughs> we got some of All the most amazing at, uh, artwork. The container yard. Let's just check that. They've got some of the most amazing artwork um, inside yeah, and outside. Even if they're closed, you just want to drive by and check the place out. You're gonna look at basically some of the, the best artwork uh, in the world from graffiti artists and street artists. Hell yeah! So. Yeah, do all that good stuff and uh, follow us at PTTP Show. All right, guys, thank you so much. Love you guys. Take care. Peace. Bye. Peace. And in the